0: wondered how taboo shame and lack of good sexual education have stripped away elements of pleasure in childbirth and parenting that are essential to loving intimate relationships join me for another episode of our gasmic birth podcast pleasure in pregnancy birth and parenting as we break down and heal barriers and open the door to more love and intimacy in birth and life When I have the honor of supporting people in childbirth classes or as their doula, I always see how being prepared with good information, preparing body, mind, and spirit for birth, and being able to communicate well with their care team to make informed choices is an important aspect of feeling supported, respected, and creating a positive birth experience, no matter what birth asks of you. What do you think of when you hear informed choices? My guest today is going to give you some important insights into how and why informed choices matter. Hi, I'm Debra pascali Bonaro, founder and director of Orgasmic Birth and host of the Orgasmic Birth podcast. And I am honored today to have Dr. Elliot Berlin, an award-winning pregnancy-focused chiropractor and creator of the Informed Pregnancy Project, which includes his popular long-running The Informed Pregnancy Podcast, in addition to a blog and a number of original shows featured on his streaming channel, Informed Pregnancy Plus. Dr. Berlin's goal is to use his passion for media and entertainment as a means of spreading information and awareness on topics that growing families need to make informed choices about fertility, pregnancy, childbirth, and parenting. Welcome, Dr. Berlin. I am a big fan of your work and so honored that you're joining us today to talk about informed choices.
1: Well, Tepper, the feeling couldn't be more mutual. I'm ecstatic to be here, and I'm a huge fan of your work, and so are the thousands of patients who come through our practice.
0: Oh, thank you so much. And I'm anxious to ask you this question because i love to hear what sparked your interest in childbirth what brought you to do the incredible work that you're doing
1: that's a great question sometimes my kids will play video games and i have no idea what's going on and they don't even know what's going on but then all of a sudden like a big arrow comes up and says meet it this way go that way and my life has been full of that in many different ways i grew up loving healthcare. I always wanted to be involved in healthcare ever since I saw a CPR class in progress. And I found out you could be somebody's heart and lungs for a little while until they can get advanced medical care. I took CPR, first aid, responding to emergencies. When I was 17, I trained as an EMT. When I was 18, I was working in ambulances and emergency rooms in New York City. I studied pre-med in college until all through college. But in college, my father died suddenly, partially from a medical mix-up. And it really rocked me to my core in, in terms of what do I want to do with my life? And I came out of that saying, yes, healthcare, but no, I don't want to be on the drugs and surgery side. I love them and respect them and I'm amused by them. I think they're incredible, but I wanted to be on the more natural side. So I took a year, studied a bunch of the modalities. I fell in love with chiropractic and massage therapy as a unit addressing the musculoskeletal system from both the muscular and skeletal sides. I went to school for both and smushed them together. And as I was finishing grad school, and my wife was, she's a perinatal psychologist, we said, "Hey, let's have a baby and and we just set out to have a baby and no baby came no matter what we did, 27 when they said, we don't know why, but we don't think you'll ever have a baby naturally, and that you should look at alternative pathways to parenthood. And at that point we were just, broke as could be we had no money our relationship was kind of broken we were broken as individuals our mental health was struggling our physical health was struggling we just decided to get into a better place before we contemplated whatever alternative pathways to parenthood meant and so we really put a lot of effort into our relationship we put a lot of effort into our personal health we started to eat better exercise more meditate Chinese medicine which we had never done before and wow there's this gorgeous rainbow out my window right now uh good sign (laughs) mm, meditate and we just got closer to each other we rekindled that spark into a roaring flame and we felt better we had earned money without spending it all on fertility and then we moved to Los Angeles and when we got to Los Angeles we said you know what let's search and see what like do we adopt let's find out what this means and then we found out we were pregnant and then every two years another baby popped out like we couldn't turn it off we have four kids thank god four beautiful healthy children now but when we opened our practice together mind and body it was for general health and wellness but with an eye on helping people boost their natural fertility right you can't always overcome it with natural means but A lot of times you can. And so it was, how can we help you boost what you've got? And in the first year, a couple of babies came through that program and then it just snowballed babies everywhere. It was raining babies. And uh, that's how we got in from there to, okay, well, I want to keep coming to see you during my pregnancy. And like, I don't know anything about pregnancy, but I learned because there weren't great alternatives here at the time either. And then, you know, eventually somebody says, I need that strong physical massage work when I'm in labor. So I get invited to the first birth that's not my own child. And then it just grows from there. And and you start getting so many questions about things that I don't know the answers to, especially on the more natural side. I come from uh, from ambulances and emergency rooms and medicine. So I'm doing research and finding answers and then you get the same question again and again. And I'm like, okay, let me put this down on paper or eventually record about it or find other ways to share the answers with people. Who may not even know they're looking or have this question, but let me try to get the answers to them before it's too late. And that's that's how we got into pregnancy and birth and the campaign to bring information and empowerment.
0: What an incredible story! You know, I've read your story, and so hearing you tell it and just I'm sorry for such an early loss of your dad, but powerful the ways that that transformed you, right, from pain to power and and your own personal journey. And for babies later, thank you. Just incredible.
1: And Debra.
0: Like hearing all that you're doing, right? I'm on the other coast in New Jersey. I was like, oh, wish we were right there for all those hands-on skills, but you uh, offer so-, so much other wisdom too. And and i know you know you talk a lot about informed choices like where did you get to that in this journey and tell us a bit like when people even hear like informed decision making informed choices what does that mean
1: uh, informed choice means that when you have a decision to make or something to do with your health or your body that there are options there are generally options and if you don't know what the options are or what the pros and cons are of the different options you can't do a calculation on which, for example, risks do I want to take for which which benefits? And if you don't know those choices are available, somebody else is making those decisions for you. And at the end of the day, they might not make the decision that you wanted. And it could have big consequences and repercussions down the road. So I learned this as an individual. I learned this as, as a couple. I learned this as a family. And I learned this as a practitioner because sometimes you think as a practitioner this is going to be the greatest thing for you. This is going to make your life so much better. And the person receiving it may not want that thing, even if it's the thing you know is going to make them feel better or get out of pain or be able to function in a way that they need to but but aren't able to. So, you know, I've evolved in all of those areas. As a doctor, I am much more now understand the idea of full informed consent than I did at the beginning, where I, I literally before I do anything explain, this is what I think is going on. These are all the different things we could do or not do. And these are some of the pros and cons as I know them. What would you like to do? And what would you like to not do? And if they decide they don't want to do something I think is the greatest thing for them, all I can do is educate and, and respect. And it's your choice and it's your body. And that's hard to learn in childbirth because I think medical practitioners also, they come into it wanting to do good i don't see them as wanting to do bad or evil i think they want to do good and sometimes will not recommend not even mention that certain choices exist or really present choices in a way that skew the pros and cons so like who would ever take this choice which is the one that they don't recommend and so it's it's hard and also practitioners all of us have other constraints pulling us in different areas. You know, what is insurance going to cover or not cover? What's more liability or less liability? Which one's going to take more of my time or less of my time? All the practitioners are human and also have those other things to consider. And so I don't think unless you become knowledgeable yourself, unless you become informed yourself as to what the choices are, the pros and cons of different decisions that you're going to have to make then you can't really have an empowered experience. Now, I've learned some people don't want that. Some people would prefer that somebody else who went to school for a very long time just make all the decisions for them. And if that's what they want, that's great. You know, it's who am I to argue? But that's the whole thing. I've had patients who really want to have, let's say, a vaginal birth, but don't have it available to them because either they've already had a cesarean birth or they have a breech baby or other things like that. And it's like, okay, but there are choices. You just have to learn and go find support for your choices. And I've had patients who want a cesarean birth and the doctor doesn't want to do a cesarean birth because they're young, strong, fit, healthy, and have zero indication for needing surgery. But for one reason or another, that's what they want. And the informed choice should be able to say, that's how I want to do it. And we need to respect your choice, even if it's not what we would choose for ourselves, our partners, our our own daughters. And so that's what informed choice means to me.
0: And thank you for sharing your journey with it. And also honoring, I often say that too, that caregivers are there to do good, but sometimes they're in a different place in their own practice, right? They might not have learned all those skills or like you say, have outside pressures that are coming to them. What do you think spurred you? Because you acknowledge that early on, maybe you weren't kind of doing the choice in the way that you do it now. What helped you reach that place of fully understanding how to hold that space for each person to make the best decision for their body and their baby?
1: So part of it, I think, comes from my upbringing and also, Madison, the idea that whatever, you know, my my parents basically said, Whatever your doctor tells you, that's what you do. And so I thought i need to prepare myself to be the best researcher, explorer, practitioner, provider, technician, and do what I think is best for my patients. And the assumption is that they would just do whatever I thought was best for them, you know, that we're all on the same page. So I had to like relearn a little bit the model of healthcare. I now tell my patients all the time, I work for you. It's not the other way around. And even when you go to the hospital, everybody there works for you. Even if they have the the nicer outfit, they still work for you. and, And you're the one who gets to make the choices. That was a little bit of a realization. But the other thing is I just see now thousands and thousands of people go through the journey, fertility, pregnancy, childbirth, postpartum. And when I see them on the postpartum end early on, I would just hear again and again, I don't know what happened. I did yoga. I drank the green juice. I did meditation, and I totally didn't have the birth that I thought I was going to have. And, you know, when you start to ask questions about how did it divert from your plan, you start to realize they were just told this is what we're going to do sometimes and, and never given the choice. And so I became more of an advocate in within myself for me to be that person who makes sure that, you know, I spend appropriate time explaining all the different options why i want to do it what i want to do what it's going to feel like and do you want to do it and you could see that i i myself have become much better caregiver because i will sometimes not do what i think is in their best interest because they don't want it i mean all the time i won't do it if they don't want it but it, it makes me a better provider not doing what i think is better for them because they've opted out of it and so on a much, I think sometimes much bigger level with your birth, that powerful, important time in life, that experience that you don't get to have very often. And that moment in the universe where a human comes through you and into the world, it's much, the ramifications of that are much bigger. If you're not in the driver's seat, if you feel like you expressed, I want this and didn't get it or didn't know what choice existed. And it's the one you would have picked. I think it just, it creates from the very beginning of that new life and that new both new lives and the life of the new baby and the new mother and maybe partners too a path that that is off to a rocky start in a direction that doesn't feel good and you know to the extent that i can i want to be able to i don't really have an agenda for which choice you make i made a movie called heads up the disappearing art of vaginal bridge delivery not because I want everybody who has a breech baby to deliver vaginally. I just want them to know that it's a choice. It's an option. And why the community norm has become not to do it and why there's still plenty, not plenty, but some practitioners who still do it. I love when people watch that film and decide I'm definitely not giving birth to my baby vaginally, my breech baby vaginally. And I love when people watch it and say, I definitely want to give that a shot. It's not to, to make you go one way or the other. It's to help you understand that you have a choice and what the true pros and cons of those choices are. Same for our other film, Trial of Labor, which is about vaginal birth after cesarean. There's not even talking heads in that. It's just we took out all the people we interviewed and focused only on the four women who are pregnant, who have previously had only cesarean birth, one or more, and are now looking to have a different experience. And a lot of times, you know, who watches that film is people who had a cesarean and can relate to the women who had their cesareans, especially if they didn't want them and felt like they didn't need them. But partners sometimes watch another person go through what their partner went through, and it's only seeing another person go through it that makes them really all of a sudden feel the empathy and the connection. And so it's not it's not about my agenda and what you should do or shouldn't do. It's really just about trying to find valid information about the choices and helping you become empowered to at least become an active decision-maker, part of that decision-making team, and ideally the one in the driver's seat. Yeah.
0: Thank you so much for sharing it in your journey and where you've come to. I know from studies, and we have this in the doula world, right, that a positive birth experience is not about was it vaginal or cesarean or was it two hours or two days? But it's people feeling respected, supported, and part of decision-making. So the care that you're providing, the resources that you're providing for people to help them to make the best decision is so valuable in how they'll remember that day for the rest of their life. But for people that are listening and saying, okay, I want to prepare. How can I really start thinking about that informed choice, what are some of the steps they can take?
1: I think what most people, this is what I find here in Los Angeles, most people's experience with birth before they have one generally comes from TV movies and newspaper headlines and from friends who had horror stories at their birth and love to share them and maybe even dramatize them. So if you've never been on an airplane before and you're going to fly and you're 31 years old, you're going to fly for the very first time, and all you know about air travel is what you see in TV and movies or read on newspaper headlines, you'd be absolutely terrified. And you would assume that every flight is either going to have mechanical failure and, and fall out of the sky, or maybe it'll be hijacked by terrorists, or there'll be snakes on there, something like that, right? But the idea that a plane can take off, have a great flight, with yummy snacks and land safely, is foreign to you. The odds of that happening seems so remote, and that's what I think the vision is of childbirth today. For most people, you don't live on the in the village on the family property. You're not around childbirth all the time. You don't see it except for in those settings, and so the assumptions have to go. You have to like wipe that out. Like like, and maybe I'm dating myself. Fake the etch of sketch, and start with a new screen. You know. And on your new screen, you could make birth whatever you want it to be. And that's where exploring the options comes in. What is my setting? Do I want to have my baby at home? Do I want to have my baby in a birthing center? Do I want to have my baby in a hospital, in a field, in the back of a U-Haul? Wherever you want to have your baby. Explore the different pros and cons. Explore the options that are available to you and that are around you. Who do I want to attend my birth? Like what kind of medical provider do I want to? Do I want to have a medical doctor? Do I want to have a midwife or maybe a combination of both? Do I want to be supported by other people like a doula? You couldn't know unless you, like, I still find people have never heard the word doula. I say it and they say gesundheit. and <laughs> And I'm like, okay, then you need to explore what doulas do or don't do. And is that something that you want around you? And then, of course, there's a million different doulas and finding the right chemistry. And then things come up, you know do I want to be medicated in birth or not medicated in birth? Well, the secret is everybody's medicated in birth. Either we give you medication or you, you make your own. And generally the stuff you make is a lot cooler than stuff we can give you. So what does that mean? What, do, what does it mean I make my own? What does it? What is And if I can get medication, is, is it a spinal? Is it an epidural? Is it a walking epidural? Is it uh, drugs in my IV? Each one of those has pros and cons and ramifications. And you know, the more you know, the more you can sort of shape and guide an experience that is the one that you want to have. And of course, people say all the time, once labor starts, it's like trying to steer a hot air balloon. You know, sometimes (laughs) the wind blows this way or blows that way. And you're still going to get to the same destination. But if you have no idea what the, what the different alternate routes are to get from point A to point B, you just go wherever the wind takes you. And that's sometimes not where you want to be.
0: Yeah. Great analogies. And I know getting all that information to make the decision is important, but I think the next piece is worse. I see some people stumble too, is how do you communicate that with your caregiver? And what would be like a red flag? Like you're at that caregiver that's not yet ready to really honor your choices.
1: I think that at the very beginning, it's worth asking questions from your caregiver and maybe to see a few different ones if you have that luxury. Sort of like speed dating, you know, because the chemistry is everything. And again, I generally think that people who spend their whole freaking life going to medical school are doing it because they want to be caregivers. They want to take care of people. They're not bad people, but there's a lot of different ways to give birth. Everybody has their comfort zone. And if you are not on the same page and you're resisting the whole time or trying to pull them out of their comfort zone, that might not even be a safe thing for you because they're just providing care that's not comfortable for them. So to ask the questions at the beginning, if you have ideas on birth, you know, how do you feel like, is there a cutoff time where I can naturally go before you talk about induction? Are there, like, what kind of things would you induce me for, want to induce me for? If, do you have an amount of time that if my water breaks, for example, before I need to come into the hospital or an amount of time that I can push before... All these are different questions. What happens if I have a, a bridge baby at the end? What's your protocol there? Do you have thoughts on me bringing other people to, to the room? Like if I have a doula or if I want to bring a relative into the room, you know, how do you feel about that? Those are all things that will give you a clue whether or not you're on the same page. And I think the earlier you ask then the better it is, because once you're further along that journey, it becomes harder and harder to change horses. Yeah.
0: Great advice, so I always like to ask my last question if there's one more thing you want to tell people out there that might be planning a pregnancy or maybe some people that are having a baby real soon, what would you say?
1: I mean, I would say, go watch orgasmic birth, but uh I mean, it's true. that's what I tell my patients. You know, I think it's get get informed and be empowered. That's what I tell everybody do some homework unless you want to be somebody where everybody else makes somebody else makes all the decisions for you learn your choices learn your options if i'm driving from los angeles to san francisco there's a a lot of different routes i could take so many some people want the fastest route some people want the most scenic route some people insist on passing by at least one crispy cream donut shop okay that's me (laughs) Uh, but if I don't even know that these choices exist, I'm going to just go wherever ways takes me. And it might be a terrible trip compared to what could have been an amazing trip and pregnancy and birth are the same way. It doesn't always go exactly how you want to, but if you don't even know what the choices are, you have nothing to aim for.
0: Thank you so much, Dr. Berlin. And I know people are going to want to say, how can they find you? Can you uh, share some of your programs and ways that people can follow and engage with you?
1: Absolutely. So on social, we're on Instagram at Dr. Berlin, D O C T O R B E R L I N. Everything else is Informed Pregnancy. So we have about 400 podcasts, a combination of birth stories, experts talking about every different topic related to pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and parenting under the sun, and celebrity episodes where they kind of open up. And that is the Informed Pregnancy podcast on every podcast player under the sun that I can think of. And we have a blog. And the blog is exploding this year. People are starting to read for some reason. I thought it was all going to video and TikTok. But we have great authors on the blog. And then my most exciting new thing is our streaming service, Informed Pregnancy Plus, which we have Orgasmic Birth Now on there. And it's an incredible tool for our viewers. But we also have a bunch of iconic films on there and a lot of Informed Pregnancy original series and workshops and courses and meditations and different types of exercise. I tried to bring together as much resources I can, so anybody can access it from anywhere if they have an internet access and $7 and it's taking off. And I think it's, it's really boosting our mission of informed pregnancy and empowered birth, and you can find it all either at informedpregnancy.com or informedpregnancy.tv for the streaming.
0: Thank you so much, Dr. Berlin. And for those listening, that's all in the show notes. Look below where you're listening to this podcast. And I thank you so much. Thank you to our listeners. So we hope we're helping you to positively prepare for birth. And we always love to hear from you. Appreciate your comments and love to have your reviews as well. So we hope you'll join us for the next episode of the Orgasmic Birth Podcast. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Orgasmic Birth Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to learn more about pleasure in birth parenting and birth work, visit orgasmicbirth.com forward slash more for my free gifts. And please leave a review about your experience. Reviews help us to reach more people and please subscribe.